Jerusalem. Jerusalem. My soul is longing. My soul is longing for sweet rest. For the building. Happy to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
A bit of smiles would do me good, eh? Praise the Lord. Uh, we're very happy to be with you this morning. Uh, I would like to first and foremost express my gratitude to our pastor, Amen, Amen. for his love and commitment to this work and his quest to see it go forward, uh, regardless of the vessels that God will be using. Amen. Let's give a hand of praise for that. Uh, first time I saw our pastor, your pastor, um, was at Binoni. Praise the Lord. Though I'd seen him, of course, on YouTube and the rest. But the first contact was there. And we didn't speak much. And um, it was just a mere greeting and, and, and that was it. But uh, we called him and we told him there's a work that God is doing there in Venda and would want him to be around. It was a short notice, but uh, he was able to come through and be with us. That was the dedication of our tabernacle. And um, what uh, touched my heart most, he said, I'm not coming to preach. I just love to see what God is doing. Even if I don't have to say anything, of course, he preached for us two sermons by God's grace. But uh, his expressions, you could see that this man is not after anything. Uh, we didn't have a bond that was strong enough for him to sacrifice to that extent. But I began to see that it is God working through him. Amen. Amen. So I'm just giving him his rose. Amen. By the grace of God. So we certainly appreciate him. And uh, I bring greetings from the church in Venda. I'm sure they're with us on live streaming right now. By God's grace. Amen. Amen. And I salute the ministers here. Brother Dioka. St. Tinashe, Rev, God bless you so much. Amen. How many are under expectation? Praise the Lord. Are we ready to hear from the Lord? Praise the Lord. You must pray with me. Uh, The pastor told me no need to be nervous. He said preaching is the easiest thing. I'm still wondering. (laughs) Praise the Lord. But by God's grace, you enable us. You must also bear with me. I caught a cold a few days ago. So just bear with my voice and everything by God's grace. But I'm sure God will give us ability. Praise the Lord. So without um, wasting time, um, we want to take a song before you go, please. Yes, just to make me feel home. Amen. Praise the Lord. We want to try, dear Lord, I hear you calling me. Praise the Lord. We are talking about consecration. I mean, we are gathered for consecration. Is that right? So it means we want God to bring us to that place where we can be sure that we are consecrated enough and we can be vessels fit for honor. Amen? Amen. So as we take this song, we believe that it's God's call. These meetings, it's God's calling, praise the Lord, that we can walk into a deeper life. Praise the Lord. Okay? You can give us F-sharp, maybe F-sharp. Dear Lord, I hear you calling me into a deeper life, away from all my doubts and fears. All together now. Through the noises around me, 
And through the north, these around me I can hear your still small voice calling me, calling me to walk early. Calling me, help me sing it to walk early to close. Dear Lord, I hear you calling me into a deeper life. Dear Lord, I hear you calling me into deeper life. Away, away from all my doubts and fears away from all my strife and through the noises around me I can hear a still small voice calling me thank you Lord Heavenly to glory Calling me, calling me to walk early. Teach me how I must spend my time as the days roll on. Teach me how I must spend my time. Is that your desire? I need to know that I'm growing. I need to know. I'm growing with the breaking of his dawn. Give me more of your spirit this morning. Your spirit that I can live more cautious, Lord, so I can walk. Walk early, early to closer. I can walk, I can walk, oh, Ellie, Ellie, I see from the barriers down that once separated us. The barriers down that separate. Now in you, have more confidence, more confidence. I'm growing in my understanding In my understanding Of your holy love Now I walk Heavenly Father, we bow our hearts in adoration this end time morning. As we have assembled with great expectation upon our hearts, 
anticipating to be led by your spirit to heavenly places because that is the promise of the day and Lord as we come we are not coming presumptuously trying to see what you can do but we are witnesses of your majesty you have been there in our lives and we are witnesses that it has not been the hand of a man that called us out of Babylon that washed us off all our sins and trespasses filled us with your spirit and positioned us even in your word it had to be the hand of almighty God and this Easter we want you to know that we know it is your love and we give you praise we give you honor because we believe there are still many more promises to be fulfilled in our lives. And Father, as we see the picture unfolding each and every day, it behooves us to be more sincere. That's why there is a call today for consecration. That we can be set apart. That we can be positioned. That we can live and walk worthily with divine circumspection, redeeming the time knowing that the days are evil. Amen. I pray, oh God, that this morning, it may not be just an ordinary gathering, Amen. but may you steer our hearts into that supernatural place. May you steer our souls that we can be recipients of divine nature, blessed partakers thereof. Hallelujah. We want to thank you for this assembly. We want to thank you for the pastor. We want to thank you for all the arrangements. And Lord, we are saying, have your way. Take preeminence. As men, we cannot do anything. I have nothing I can offer to your children. I'm also under expectation. May I be just a microphone through which you echo your voice. Hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Let me not speak of my own. But I pray for unction at this junction that your children may be brought to this place that you spoke even in your word forgive all sins and trespasses now whatever that can be an impediment to block your children from being full beneficiaries of your loving kindness let it be put aside wandering thoughts, pressures, burdens, problems these things that come to distract us many times we are here to worship and we are here to commune with thee. Come through, O King of Kings. Drive away all night, even now. That after all is said and done, we walk out of this building with a testimony that we serve a miracle working God who is attentive to our needs and whose ears are inclined to our petitions. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. May you create such an atmosphere for us now that we can be responsible believers in this end time. We love you and we thank you. Bless the reading of the word. Come and anoint and interpret it for us. Give us a context from it such as will be beneficial to your children. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. amen. Praise be to God. May the Lord bless you, saints. While it's still standing.
I'd like to invite your attention to the book of Ezra. Praise the Lord. And then we want to read from verse 1. Now, the book of Ezra is believed to be a compilation of chronicles. One book, the manuscripts, and we know that Ezra was a priest, and his name means a helper. And then he comes upon the scene at the hour when the prophecy of Jeremiah was fulfilled that the Israelites would be in captivity for 70 years. And after the expiration thereof, they'll be brought back to the promised land, that's Palestine. So he's, he's one of the people that witnessed the fulfillment of prophecy for his day and was a participant in what God was doing by offering himself as a consecrated vessel. Now, as we read, the Bible says, now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing. Praise the Lord. I'm sure it's becoming clear. This is Daniel chapter 9. He gets into desperation, starts to pray for the fulfillment of prophecy. Then God quickens the scripture. Because this man, Cyrus, is not appearing for the first time in the book of Ezra. If you go to Isaiah 44 and 45, you see he has been prophesied by name. Even though he was a heathen king, God actually called him his shepherd. Is that right? So now, this man was written more than 200 years before captivity, before Israel was even taken over by Babylon. God had already made a plan for its return. Now, it begins to show you that God is omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. He knows the problem that you're going to face before you face it, and he has a solution before you even get into that problem. Is that right? Amen. That gives us surety that we're not dealing with the presumptuous God. Amen. We can walk with certainty. Amen. Our future can be focused because we know, as Paul says, for we know, is that right? All things work together for good Amen. to them that love God and accord according to his purpose. Amen. Now that kind of knowledge that stabilizes a believer is connected to the knowledge of the revelation of what God has done in your day. Yeah. Is that right? Amen. They speak of a delayed match. Is that right? Amen. When people are watching Amen. soccer, they tell us that there are, there's a match that can be repeated probably on a Monday, but it was played last week. Is that right? Amen. And they will write delayed match. So those who are not in that match or who did not witness the playing of the match, yeah. you see, they are unsettled. They're fearful. They're suspicious. They're not resting. Is that right? Because they don't know what's going to happen. But those who are there in that match, is that right? They're settled. Praise the Lord. If it was Team Jesus 20, 
Satan zero. It doesn't matter how the devil gets close to the gate. Is that right? You know that you're on the winning side. He's not going to score. Is that right? And now God showed us all these things. In this hour, we know the fate of our enemy. Demons can be proud now. But if we start talking, they sit down. Praise the Lord. Because we would even tell them where they started. Praise the Lord. That we are the ones that created you. When we're in Elohim. Praise the Lord. And we still hold the same power to take you out of existence if we so desire. Is that right? But because we are gentlemen, amen, we wait for the appointed time. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. So we are not in a rush. Is that right? Even though the devil feels he's winning, we know what the end shall be. Praise be to God. So that's how God could prophesy about a man 200 years before. Is that right? Then he comes now to make a life, to vindicate and confirm Jeremiah to be a prophet of God. And not only that, to show that God is a prayer answering God because Daniel was praying, reading the book of Jeremiah. So he confirms Jeremiah and he proves that God answers prayers. And yet he was a heathen. Praise be to God. We know the major, the major Persian kingdom, is that right? This is the one that comes to take away the Babylonian empire. Praise the Lord. Now you begin to see where I'm going, is that right? Because this man is, is, is the leader of a superpower. Praise the Lord. Babylon was the superpower, but it was taken over by, is that right? The maiden and the Persian. God bless you, Pastor. Amen. Now, he becomes the superman. And God uses him to fulfill prophecy, even though he was a political figure. Lately, you see Donald Trump. Is that right? The head of a superpower. He just comes up and say, all the presidents in the past were promising but not delivering. I'm here to deliver. Jerusalem shall be the capital of Israel. We're going to transfer our embassy from Tel Aviv, put it in Jerusalem. Is that right? And he did it. Praise the Lord. Is he fulfilling prophecy? Is something fixing to happen? May God give us grace. Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem. An embassy, is that right? which is in Judah. Praise the Lord. Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him. Let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God which is in Jerusalem. May the Lord add blessing to the reading of his word. Shall we take our seats? We'll continue reading while you're sitting down. Now, This man coming in the middle of the Bible is coming to bring the children of God to their inheritance. Now, I'm going to be talking about the purpose of our exodus. The purpose of our exodus. Now, the prophet told us the word exodus means to come out of. Is that right? And he 
said you cannot come out of something without getting into another. Lest you, are, you become a wanderer. Is that right? But when you come out of something, you must get into something. Praise be to God. So here is God calling his children out of Babylon. Now, we are going to trace this in the entire Bible by God's grace. And then we come to a place where these meetings, as we are opening them, can be fruitful. Because many times, as men, we forget the purpose of our existence, the purpose of coming to church, the purpose of being called a message believer, holding the spoken word itself. Praise the Lord. We are punching holes on the devil, like he said. Amen. Praise the Lord. Because punching holes on the devil is, Dealing with sin in the flesh. Is that right? Separating a demon from the believer. Striking the demon. Praise the Lord. But if the believer rejects, you just hit that demon. It becomes a bit painful, but it's for your good. Praise be to God. Is that right? Because we are punching holes on the enemy. Somebody say amen. So now, you will find out that this is not the only exodus. Actually, we've got three major exoduses. Brabham teaches us about the first exodus that was Moses taking people out of Egypt to Canaan. Is that right? He was a prophet, a son of man, and a prophet like unto Christ. Is that right? Then he, he took the children of God from that place where they were slaves and they were living to please the God of Egypt. And then Babylon tells us about the second exodus that was Christ. Deuteronomy 18, Moses says, the Lord shall raise a prophet like unto me. Is that right? And he was talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now he was coming for the second exodus, taking people from a spiritual condition to another spiritual condition. That's from Judaism to grace, to believe in the Lord Jesus, the new and living way. And in this end time, We've got the third and final exodus, is that right? And Jesus also prophesied like Moses. Moses said, God will raise a prophet like unto me. Is that right? Christ says, in the days when the Son of Man shall be revealed again, Elijah shall truly first come. Moses pointed to Jesus. Jesus points to William, is that right? Another exodus prophet, that he shall come. Now we know he's taking us from mystery Babylon. Is that right? into New Jerusalem, to be more precise, out of this flesh, into theophany. Is that right? That's the exodus that we're really talking about. Not coming from the Catholic to a message church. Praise the Lord. But living above sin and being identified with the God of heaven. Is that correct? But now I'm going to bring in uh, other examples, like other exoduses like this one, which is the Israelites coming out of Babylon, praise the Lord. And through them, we're going to find how God does things. And I will also talk about the one of Martin Luther, the Sadducean church age, when they came out of the Roman Catholic church. It was also another exodus, praise the Lord. And then when we understand all these exoduses, I'm sure by the grace of God, the devil will be in trouble by then. How many love the Lord? So God, as the prophet told us, 
Christ is the mystery of God revealed. He had a threefold purpose. Is that right? And this threefold purpose was a remedy that God had before there was a problem. Because he knew there was going to be a falling away. He wanted to prove that he was God, he was a healer, and all these things could only be accomplished if he had given men free moral agency to make a choice. Praise the Lord. Are we together? Now, in the spoken word, Christ is the mystery of God revealed. Brabham says, paragraph 40, notice, God has had a threefold purpose in this great mystery secret. God, in his great mystery secret that he had before the foundation, the world began, he has got a threefold purpose in it. Is that right? And now, what we want to go upon this morning is that what is that threefold purpose? Now, I believe by the help of the Lord who is present, you will show it to us. Now, if he had this threefold purpose, we want to find out what is this threefold purpose. The first thing was that God wanted to reveal himself to the people. He couldn't do it as a great Jehovah. God who covered all space, time, and eternity. Praise the Lord. He couldn't do it like that. Praise the Lord. All right. I wanted to be assisted by the projector. He could not. It's too great to ever be revealed to people because it would be too mysterious. How could that great being that never did begin after you went beyond the cycle? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hundreds of billions and trillions and trillions of years of life space and on out into the infinite, into eternity. And a great creature that was, and a great creature that was all that and still is. Is that right? Now, Barbanam is showing how God desired to manifest himself. And this is what led him to come with this threefold purpose. Is that right? Now, paragraph 154, to just summarize, he says, first, to express his self completely, God in Christ. 155. Second, to have the preeminences by this in his church, which is his body, the bride, till he could have preeminence to express himself through them. All right? 156. And thirdly, to restore the kingdom to its original position that fell by sin, by the first Adam, back to where he walked in the cool of the evening with his people, talked with them, fellowshiped with them. Now, it behooves us to find out how it was in the beginning. And the only way to do so is to look at the picture in the book of Genesis. Now, we know Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. The Bible says God created man in his image and in his likeness. And for us to know the kind of man that God created, we must know the image of God. Right. Then John chapter 4 says, God is spirit. Right. And they that worship him must worship him in truth and in spirit. Right. Meaning the man that God created in his image and likeness was a spiritual man. 
But because a spiritual man cannot interact with the natural, chapter 2, God comes and says, because there was no man to till the ground, then he formed men out of the dust. Is that right? Then he breathed Genesis 1.26 into Genesis 2.7. And then man became a living soul, which was a combination of the image of God and the image of beast. Is that right? Now that's Genesis 1 and 2. But that was not the end. Because this man that God created, if you come to Genesis chapter 5, the Bible says, he created them both male and female and called their name Adam. Is that right? I'm talking about this created being. He was both feminish and masculine. Is that correct? Praise be to God. And then now God decided to show the drama that took place before time. How he himself felt lonely. Is that right? And then he began to show his story through his son, Adam, who was an amateur God, a reflector of the God of heaven. The prophet says God was God of the universe. Adam was God of the earth. Praise the Lord. So if you wanted to understand God, you could look at Praise the Lord. Are we together, beloved church? Praise be to God. So now, then God had to cause Adam to fall into a deep sleep so that you could operate him. Adam was searching for a helper. He looked at the baboons. There was none meat for him. He looked throughout the whole creation. He couldn't find a helper meat. Praise the Lord. Until we dawned to him, Praise the Lord, like the prodigal son. That my answer is in me. I can't eat with pigs. When my father's servants have enough to spare, I'll stand on my identity. And out of my identity, my solution will come. So the answer of Adam was actually in him. The wife he wanted, the helper he needed, was actually in him. So when he recognized that, that was the end of all his sorrows. Praise the Lord. Praise be to God. And then God caused him to go into a deep sleep and there was Eve, born of his born flesh of his flesh. And he called her woman. Is that right? A wombed man. Is that right? Why he calls him woman? Because he came from a man. Praise the Lord. Adam extended his territories through the woman. In Christ, he was in Adam. Is that right? 
second to have preeminence in his church, the body. Now he had preeminence in Eve. Is that right? Praise the Lord. And the third, so that he can restore the kingdom to its rightful position. Is that right? So it was Adam, Eve in a kingdom. God coming in the cool of the night, fellowshipping with them. Now that is the picture that was lost. Praise be to God. In Genesis chapter 3, Brabanam says the devil came and marred God's masterpiece. That was a masterpiece. Adam, Eve, and God fellowshipping in Eden. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And from that time, God was in a quest to restore that kind of order. Because he enjoyed it to come in the night. And Adam would share testimonies. You know what happened, Father, today? The tree was bothering Eve. I plugged it and planted it right by the riverside. It obeyed my voice, you know. And during the day, the wind was blowing out of control. I said, peace be still. Praise be to God. So God would come and listen to those testimonies. Praise the Lord. Praise be to God. And he enjoyed that. It was fellowship. It was communion. Praise the Lord. That's what we call real communion now. God saying amen. Adam preaching. God saying amen. Adam preaching. God saying amen. God said, tell me more. What happened again? It's always good to see your characteristics in the subjects that you're leading. In your son. Imagine I see my boy doing exactly how I do. Say amen. Do it more, young man. Praise the Lord. So God was enjoying to see Adam doing that. He couldn't be jealous. Amen. Because it was his direct representation here on earth. Somebody say amen. Amen. So down through the ages, God was trying to restore that picture. And you know that picture cannot be restored without a son of man. Without a son of God. And without God confirming such and coming down to prove that I confirm such a union. Somebody say amen. Amen. So what did God do? Genesis. You see Moses being raised up. He starts to tell us what happened in the beginning. We know Genesis is the gene, the book of the origin. Everything starts in Genesis. Sin began there. Life began there. Death began there. Everything started in Genesis. Started, praise the Lord. Now God was trying to bring that Now God was trying to bring that The Bible, when you look at it, the Bible, when you look at it, you begin to see that whatever that it contains, whatever that it contains, it's trying to accomplish one purpose. Three fold purpose of God. When you read the Bible without that understanding, you're going to stumble. You're going to intellectualism, performance, trying to prove a point. Praise, praise the Lord. Point. But praise when the you Lord. look at it from that perspective, when you Lord. look at it from you that perspective, that whatever you realize you open, that whatever you feel that you open, but at the end of the day, it must bring back fellowship between God and man. Between God and man. That's why William Branham said, I'm not interested in all this. I'm not interested in all this. Somebody say amen. Somebody say, I'm not here for you to touch a church or build a denomination. My quest to see a true spiritual relationship established between God and man. 
somebody say amen. amen. That is why William Branham was here. Sure, he healed the sick. Indeed, he prophesied and discerned. But the purpose was to leave the bride in the hands of the maker. Why? So whatever we do, our success in ministry, our success in preaching, is when people know God in a personal way. Everything else is accessorial. The principal thing is that you as a believer have the power of almighty God living in your soul. Feeling the pulsation of his whisper every morning when you kneel down to pray. Believers that are not shaken by the storms of this life. That when they come to church, they're not coming to discover God. They're coming to say, Pastor, I'm coming to hear from the God I was talking to in the morning. He promised that you reply me through the pulpit. But I spoke to him. Praise God. You see why these false prophets cannot prosper amongst genuine believers? But you ask them a question, which God? Because I spoke to him right in the morning. Which God? What is he saying? I, I was talking to him. I walk with him. He lives inside of me. I'm not presuming about him. Praise be to God. <clears throat> Doesn't that make you shout? Praise be to God. Somebody say amen. Amen. So God started now from Genesis. Praise the Lord. He was showing the beginning of all things. He came to Exodus. Praise the Lord. That's Moses now. The one who wrote Genesis. Praise the Lord. Showing forth the mystery of restoration. To say we need to be brought back to that condition that was lost in Eden. We need to be restored. And how are we going to be restored? There must be a prophet like me. That was Moses. Praise the Lord. And I'll come upon the scene to call out a people that can have confidence in what God has given them. Because I'm a sign and a gift to my generation. Because Moses was an Exodus prophet. Praise the Lord. So in Exodus, he was showing the coming out of Israel from bondage to Canaan. Is that right? Somebody say amen. amen. Now, there's a diagram that I have. Maybe it will help if the brothers can bring it up so that we can move a little bit fast. How many love the Lord? Amen. Don't worry, I, don't, I won't take long, but I'll finish everything. Praise the Lord. Amen. I don't want people to feel pity for me and say, you didn't finish. I'll finish everything. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, Genesis was the origin. Exodus coming out. Is that right? Now, when you come to Leviticus, it's the same Moses showing people, praise the Lord. Is that right? You know, how the priests, you know, were supposed to operate. People that were now interceding. Because remember, when men fell, he could not enter into the presence of God. So God improvised and allowed one man to speak on behalf of the rest of the generation. Is that right? And Leviticus was showing the laws of the people that were ordained. Is that right? To represent others. And then when you come to numbers, it was the account of their experiences in the wilderness yeah. as they were going out of Egypt in the Exodus. Is that right? 
In Deuteronomy, Brother Branham says it's two laws. Praise the Lord. By the way, today is Passover 2,000 years ago. Is that right? 14th of Abib. Though it's not 14th today, but as a believer, you know what we're talking about. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, in Deuteronomy, now God is showing you the two laws. Law, that's if you believe, you live. If you disbelieve, you die. And that is where they were at Kadesh Barnea, at the border to enter into the promised land. Now, if you check from Genesis to Deuteronomy, they call it the Pentateuch or the Torah, which are the first five books of Moses. And it was displaying a one man's ministry, which was a prophetic office placed upon Moses. Is that right? Now, that God that did that, he wanted now, remember what happened in Eden. He wanted the life that was in Moses to be in a body of believers. Because he couldn't settle for a one man's ministry. Praise be to God. The purpose of a one man ministry is to bring a many membered bride. Praise the Lord. And when that ministry comes, we don't expect another one man's ministry. Praise God. Because what happened is Moses had to die. And when he died, Joshua was raised up. Praise the Lord. And Joshua, the prophet told us, is another Ephesians. Praise be to God. Now, the same God that was working with Moses, Joshua used to quote testimonies. Is that right? Moses opened the Red Sea. He is with us. You want water? Talk to him. You want food? Talk to him. But there came a time that Moses had to die. Praise the Lord. And now Joshua was supposed to stand upon the same position that Moses was standing. Not to hear from Moses, but to hear from the God of Moses. And that's the reason why Moses had come. Praise be to God. And now in the Joshua commission, praise the Lord, it was now the son of God. God in his people. God in Israel as a body of believers. And now God is trying to come to the third part. First part was Moses. God in man. Second part, God in the body of believers. That is the whole of Israel. But now God wanted to bring that condition of union that the son of man and son of God speak the same word. Which is the voice of the Bible. What the spirit says. And then when it's that way, then God will come down and fellowship with them. Praise be to God. When the bride says what the prophet has said. And the prophet has already said what the Bible has spoken. Which is what the spirit that's given to the generation. Then God can come, brother. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So the Israelites were supposed to be careful to keep the precepts of Moses. That's why Joshua opens up to say, depart not from this law. Is that right? Observe it. Meditate upon it day and night. Then you'll be prosperous. Then you'll be successful. Without that, there's no success, brother. Praise be to God. True success is in standing on the message of the hour. Believing the gift that God has given to this generation. When God loves the world, he gives of himself. He gave his son. Praise be to God. Which was the son of man. So if you want to know whether God loves you, he must give you a son of man. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That was Christ. When he loved this generation, he gave us a son of man. And that's William Branham. And we are confident, brother, that God loves us. 
Because without Malachi 4, what were we going to preach? Praise God. I don't blame the denominations, brother. Because they don't have anything to preach. They did not receive eye solve. They can't preach any better. Even if you give them time. Even if you take them to school. The book is closed. Ever learning but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. But unto us. Hallelujah. That book that was closed in chapter 5. There's a mighty angel. In 10.1. That came opening a book. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Behold I, Jesus. Send you, Revelation 10, 8 to 11. Elijah, Revelation 10, 7. Before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. What will he do, brother? He will bring you back to Pentecost. Back to Eden, fellowship. You see, the purpose of Malachi 4 is to take us back to Genesis. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And now you know from Joshua... Praise the Lord, if you give me the diagram, so that we make it quick. From Joshua, Judges, it's now the church ages, it opens with Othiniel, closes with Samson, is that right? I'm sure you're a well-taught church, you know these things. Yeah. Then that's the seven church ages, is that right? right? Praise the Lord. Then Samson comes in the end, you see Samuel, that's the time where there's a blind priest. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Now, this is the season of the Son of God. Yeah. Praise the Lord. From Joshua, Judges, amen. Yeah. Son of God. But now, Ruth, of course, is the mystery between Judges and Samuel. Is that right? Which is Revelation 10. Praise the Lord. Is that correct? A woman, gentle woman. Is that right? Coming because Naomi, Elimelech, sheep on and masked on and disobeyed God. They were looking for greener pastures outside the word of God. You know, there is no excuse for a believer to depart from Bethlehem. Bethlehem, the house of God's bread. It can be unemployment. You can be divorced. It can be family problems. You stay in Bethlehem. Praise be to God. These ones were in poverty, brother. They said, no, let us go to Moab. But we thank God because Ruth managed to get in through that disobedience. Praise the Lord. Is that right? Now, Ruth in the field, Ruth chapter 2, gleaning. Is that right? Yes, a mighty man of wealth, Boaz, comes from Bethlehem. Is that right? Amen. Praise be to God. Amen. Is it Revelation 10? Yes. One. She looks up, she sees a man on a horse. Yeah. Like you saw him on a cloud. Is that right? Yes. And Ruth said, my redemption draweth nigh. Yes. Because she saw the kinsman redeemer. Yes. Praise be to God. Yes. And she was redeemed. Yes. That's chapter Ruth, the book of Ruth, is that right? No, we're not, we're not talking about that. Praise the Lord. But now when you come to Samuel, praise the Lord. You know, and the kings, that's the political history of Israel. Samuel and kings, is that right? But of significance, that's where you find the first, you know, when they move from the order of a monarchy, praise the Lord, and then rather to be led of God without a king. And then they stepped into monarchy to have kings. Is that right? And the first king was Saul, you know that? And then from Saul we had David. Praise the Lord. And from David we had the son of David. Praise the Lord, who was Solomon. Amen. And then you find him from 
in the book from the Samuels, Kings, and Chronicles. It's just the account of all the time yeah. that the kings were instituted and how they lived. And now Barbanam told us that Solomon was a son of prosperity. Is that right? He brought the millennium, a golden age. Praise be to God. Now you begin to see the picture that was in Eden restored in a shadow. Moses, son of man. The church, son of God. Solomon, son of David. Now God could have fellowship again with his people. So that's another Genesis 1 and 2. Hallelujah. That diagram, Genesis 1 and 2. In perfection. Yeah. Praise the Lord. But as men fell in chapter 3 of Genesis, even these kings again departed from the truth. And when they fell, God allowed them to step into bondage once again. And that's where you find Israel divided. Praise be to God. You know, before Babylon came to take over, praise the Lord, Israel had a civil war. I'm sure you know about that. That when Solomon died, he had a son, Jeroboam, and we had Jeroboam was a general. Is that right? And then now Solomon, in fulfillment of that permissive will, remember when they were asked by Samuel, that you're looking for a king. God is your king. You don't need another man to lead you. They say, no, give us a king so that we be like other nations. Samuel went to pray and God said, don't worry, Samuel. Give them a king as they will. They have not rejected you as a prophet. They've rejected me. When you reject a prophet, you are rejecting God. Praise the Lord. They have rejected me to be God over them. But tell them they'll pay for it. These kings will take their wives, their children, forced labor and all these things. Now that prophecy was fulfilled in the time of Solomon. Even though it was a golden age, brother, there was no war. But Solomon was a hard man. History tells us that you take men from different tribes the time of the building of the temple without pay. Praise the Lord. It was a rigorous living, brother. And Solomon could not hold back because the temple had to be built. Is that right? Up to a time that when he died, the people sat down and said, No, Jeroboam, Rehoboam, you must change things. Your father was too hard, you know. He was not tolerating any nonsense. And he was making us pay, took our children, our wives, and all these things. They had many wives, you know, all those things. Praise the Lord. And then Rehoboam went to take counsel from the young man. He came and said, Don't worry, don't worry. My father did this. I will multiply that. Yeah. And when he said that, the kingdom it was divided. Praise the Lord. And that division, brother, it was a civil war. Now we had ten tribes given to Rehoboam. Is that right? Ten, two tribes given to Rehoboam, ten to Jeroboam. Is that right? You remember Abijah the prophet who came, tore his garment, gave them ten pieces. You see what I'm talking about? Praise the Lord. And then for the sake of David, that's why Rehoboam remained with Benjamin and Judah. Praise the Lord. But when you look at it, there's no outsider that can come and put a siege upon your life before there's a civil conflict in your home. Before the Babylonians came to conquer, the Assyrians, before they came to conquer, they took advantage of an internal war. 
when a home is not in oneness, yeah. our demons will do what they want, brother. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Because yeah. the wife and the husband are not agreeing. Right. The children are not in line with what the parents are showing. Already there is disorder. There is a civil war. Praise God. Yeah. So Satan, when he comes, he knows what to do. Praise the Lord. And the Assyrians came and they took the ten tribes. And Babylon came and he took the two tribes. That's your Daniel. Praise the Lord. Now, where am I trying to come to? Amen. We, we, we have to arrive to Ezra. Amen. Because when that happened, now we, we start focusing on the two tribes. That's the south. Praise the Lord. Now, that's Daniel chapter 1. When Nebuchadnezzar came and he took the kingdom. Praise the Lord. And Jeremiah had prophesied that they will be there for 70 years. And then after that, God will come and be merciful and bring them back. Is that correct? These things, you all know them. Praise the Lord. Now, when they were there, praise the Lord. Because of coming out of God's order, son of man, son of God, and son of David, they were taken for hostage. They lost their identity. They lost their worship. They lost their nation. They lost their children. God used Nebuchadnezzar as his arm to bring judgment and rebuke over the children of God. Praise be to God. But yet because God had a plan. Amen. That's why he had already set a path that a man called Cyrus will come and bring these people out. Now that's Ezra chapter 1. Are we together friends? You see where we are coming from? That's Ezra chapter 1. Now Ezra is to show us that there is hope if we are the seed of God. <coughs> Allow me to take off my jacket. Ezra is to show us that there is hope even though we have done wrong. As long as we are the seed of God, there is always a path for restoration. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So now, the purpose now of these people to be taken out is clearly outlined by King Cyrus, a heathen king. He said, God has anointed me. How many of you of the Israelites that are ready to go back home to do what? To build the house of the Lord. You know, this kind of exodus is different from the Egyptian one. You know, in Egypt, things were tough. Nobody wanted to remain. Everybody was fed up. For 400 years, they'd served these taskmasters, merciless taskmasters. There was this desire just to be out of Egypt. Praise the Lord. But when you look at this one now, it was a bit different. Because when the Babylonian kingdom was taken over, the maiden patient was a bit relaxed. He didn't actually hate people or refuse them to worship their God. Praise the Lord. Cyrus said, you, you can do what you want in my kingdom. You can worship your gods. You can, you've got businesses. You can continue with your businesses. You've got wives here. You can remain here. Don't worry. But those who want to go, yeah, you can go. You understand? So those who had stayed in the kingdom of Babylon... That was translated to be the maiden patient and had some investments. They would actually choose not to go. 
That was that type of exodus. That's why when you come to Ezra chapter 1, you begin to see it was Zerubbabel and Joshua that led that exodus. And it was not everybody that went out. Others still had scores to settle. Praise the Lord. Somebody just got married. Amen. Somebody just got promoted. Somebody just got a new business plan. So they said, how can we leave now? Amen. So it was only a few that left. Praise the Lord. You find their number in Ezra chapter 2. It was not even a big number. Praise the Lord. Now, I want you to notice something. You see that from Ezra chapter 1, you are going to have these main players. People like Zechariah, people like Haggai, people like Esther, Mordecai. These are contemporaries. Nehemiah, you see. They lived in the same period. And to make it clear before I come to what I want to come to, it was actually, there were three deportations. To be more precise, the first one was led by Joshua and Serubabel. And the second one was led by Ezra. Praise the Lord. And the third one was Nehemiah. And in all these deportations, you're going to see that, praise the Lord, you're going to see that the first one was to build the temple. And the second one of Ezra was to bring order when the temple was built. And when Nehemiah comes into the picture, the temple is already built. Nehemiah is actually coming for the walls of Jerusalem, but the temple is already put in, in its order. Is that right? Now, you see that picture. Now, in Ezra chapter 1, Joshua comes out with some few people, and then when you come to chapter 3, chapter 2 gives you the account, the names of the people that he left with. When you come to chapter 3, now they set up the altar, praise the Lord, and then they build the foundation of the temple. Praise be to God. And then chapter 4, now they're rejoicing, they worshipped, they're happy, they're delighted. Chapter 4, praise be to God. They want to start to build that temple. And then there are certain men that comes to them. Can we read it for, for, together? Amen. Praise be to God. How many are still with me? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, Ezra chapter 4. Now the altar and the foundation of the temple was laid and the children of God were just about to build the house of the Lord. And the Bible says, Now when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of captivity built the temple unto the Lord God of Israel, then they, Amen. Are we together? And they came to Zerubbabel and to the chief of the fathers and said unto them, Let us build with you, for we seek your God as ye do. And we do sacrifice unto him since the days of Esadon, king of Asol, which brought us up hither. Praise the Lord. Now God calls them adversaries, distractors, is that right? But now these people are having a positive speech, yet God has defined them already. Praise the Lord. Now, but Zerubbabel and Joshua and the rest of the chief of the fathers of Israel said unto them, You have nothing to do with us to build a house unto our God. But we ourselves together will build unto the Lord, God of Israel. 
as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, had commanded us. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, these are people who are coming holding maybe the spoken word, yeah. right. talking the language message, dressing like believers. Yeah. They say, let's do this together. Yeah. We are believers. Hey. Praise be to God. Yeah. There is nothing on the outside that can show you that these people are adversaries. Their language, they say, God bless you like everybody else. Hug you, praise the Lord. You know, some of these message cultures, I mean. <clears throat> you know, sometimes, you know, I, I was wondering, because you see, the greetings, I, I'm not against anybody, amen. But sometimes when somebody greets, you see, they give you the head. So I'll be trying to understand what's taking place, you see. Like, God bless you, brother. <laughs> praise the Lord. Now, now, you see what tradition does. The, the Bible says they greeted one another with a holy. And Babram tells us that back then when they'll greet, you know, the brother will kiss the brother on the, on the neck. Is that right? Praise the Lord. That, that's the reason we say God bless you. Is that right? But now, if it's a tradition handed from one person to the other, you know, when it reaches to us, we don't even know what we're doing. You see, because when a visitor comes, they don't understand. You see, Oh, the brother's just eating my head. God bless you. I mean no harm, eh? <laughs> Praise the Lord. But we must understand why we do what we do. Praise the Lord. It's not a law, brother. It's understanding. It's an expression of my love that I love you, my brother. And I'm saying, God bless you. I'm feeling your heartbeat. We are walking in the same light. Praise God. I'm not copying the next one. Amen. I'm doing this as an expression of what is within me. Praise be to God. So now when you see these people, brother, everything, religiously, you could confirm them. But Joshua and Zerubbabel were discernment that could see beyond a long dress. Praise the Lord. Discernment that could see beyond a sermon. Discernment that could see beyond good singing. Praise the Lord. That yes, you sing like us. You, our music, you dress like, you speak like us. But you are not one of us. You are not one of us. You have no part. And I'm trying to think if there were young people that were just there, they would say, but why, why are you so rough? These people want to help. They've got the money. They've got the main power. They want us to build the temple. Remember, we came out to build the temple. Let's allow these people to help us. They're even saying we are one. We hold the same book. Praise God. But Joshua said, no. Go away. <laughs> you know, if you want to understand why these people acted like this, I'm sure your Bible will show you on your concordance. Come to 2 Kings chapter 17. Amen. Now, here, the Bible is to describe to you the kind of people that were resisted. Amen. It's not all Israel that is Israel. Because remember the other ten tribes, they were in Assyria. They were taken to Assyria. Is that right? Now the Bible says in the king of Assyria brought men, verse 24, from Babylon and from Kutar and from Ava and from Hamath and from Sephavim 
and placed them in the cities of Samaria instead of the children of Israel. And they possessed Samaria and dwelt in the city thereof. Somebody say amen. amen. I'm used to an interpreter. I was waiting for the interpreter to read. Eh? <laughs> I'm alone today. Praise the Lord. And so it was at the beginning of their dwelling there that they feared not the Lord. Therefore the Lord sent lions among them which slew some of them. Wherefore they spake to the king of Assyria saying, The nation which thou hast removed and placed in the cities of Samaria know not the manner of the God of the land. Therefore he had sent lions among them and behold they slay them because they know not the manner of the God of the land. Praise the Lord. You see what is happening here? They besiege a nation. They take them out of their land. After they do that, they send other men to come and inhabit that land. Men that had not their origin in that land. Men that knew nothing about that land. They're just being positioned there strategically for political purposes. You understand what I'm talking about? But they have no relationship whatsoever with the place. And the Bible then shows you that these people began to be eaten by lions. But they forgot or did not know that Israel was not just a land. It was a promised land. It was a sacred land. It had laws. Is that right? That you don't just farm anyhow, brother. The land also rests. It is a Sabbath. Amen? Praise the Lord. All those things were there, brother. That, you know, some of the things, you know, in, in Israel, if you want to look at the laws that they were, you know, having for, for the land, they would even pray for healing of the land. Yeah, right. Just like the song you're singing, heal the land. Is that right? Yeah. Praise be to God. Because it was a promised sacred land. But these men did not know. They started to live haphazardly. And when they did that, there was a curse upon them. Now they called the king to say, hey, we are being killed here. We are dying. Help us. And look at what they did. And the king of Assyria commanded, saying, Carry thither of the priests whom they brought from thence, and let them go and dwell there, and let him teach them the manner of the God of the land. Now they're getting a theologian now. Somebody that will come and teach you the manner of God of the land you are in. You're not born there. The one, then one of the priests whom they had carried away from Samaria, came and dwelt in Bethel and taught them how they should fear the Lord. Now, they were not fearing God. They were taught to fear God. You know, when you come to church, you greet a brother like this. Understand? You don't, you don't look at the face of the brother and say, God bless you, brother. You won't get married, you understand? So, God bless you, brother. God bless you, brother. And now when you do that, that's how a message believer must do. They are being taught how to fear God. Yeah, I know your wardrobe is having all those things, but on Sunday you must wear like this. Monday is fine, but on Sunday, when you go to that church, you must dress like that. You see the point? Somebody's being taught how to serve God, to fear God, but their heart itself is not converted. The person is not born in Israel. He has no relationship with the land. Is it scripture, brother? We're talking about consecration, eh? Praise be to God. 
Now, listen to what happens now. Howbeit every nation made gods of their own and put them in the houses of the high places which the Samaritans had made, every nation in their cities wherein they dwelt. And the men of Babylon made Sakot, Beno, Benoth, and the men of Kut made Negal, and men of Hamath made Ashima, and the Avites and the Nebas, and Tatak, and the Seravites bent their children in fire to Adramelech and Anamelech, the gods of the Sephir, Vaim. What some these are names, eh? So, listen to 32. So, they feared the Lord and made unto themselves of the lowest of them priests, of the high places, which sacrificed for them in the houses of the high places. Now, 33 is very stunning. They feared the Lord and served their own gods after the manner of the nations whom they were carried away from them. These people feared God but worshipped and served their gods. They were not converted. They kept their behavior. They kept their nature. They kept their desires. Their appetite was not filtered. They remained worldly within though outwardly they pretended to be serving God. You know, I'm talking about the people that came to say, let's build together. These are the ones. That's why Joshua said, no. You have no part to build with us. Amen. These were Samaritans, not by birth, but they were put there, taught. And you hear Jesus saying, you Samaritans know not what you worship. But we Jews, we know. What was Jesus talking about? He knew other Samaritans were not by birth. They don't know the God of Israel. You, 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 you just, you were taken there. You took advantage of captivity. And then you were groomed there. But you don't know what you worship. Genuine Israelites know what they worship. That's where you trust the Samaritans, brother. Praise God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And now Joshua was able to discern that surely... These people, they look like us, but they are not part of us. Now to prove, let's go back to Ezra 4. See see what I'm talking about. To prove that these men were not men of God. After they were resisted. Amen. Then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building. Verse 4. The very same people that said, let's build together. They now come to weaken the very hands. And the people... And troubled them in building. You see, their intentions were not right. If a person says no, why do you hate them? Amen. Let me not go there, you see. You know, sometimes, you know, when people propose, they laugh so much, you know. But when a woman says no, hatred, brother. Was that love in the first place? Why do you hate me now? Why are you painting my name with ashes everywhere I go? Why are you weakening my future marriage? Because I said no. I can't build a home with you. That's it. (laughs) Praise the Lord. 
But if that person had good intentions, they say, God bless you, sister. I'll pay for you. God will give you the right husband. Praise the Lord. But you don't weaken her. You don't write bad things on social media. It's a sign that you're a Samaritan. (laughs) You are not born again. That's right, brother. Because if you're born again, praise the Lord. If you're an Israelite by birth, by descent, if you could trace your genealogy that indeed you're a child of God, you would not do that. Because no is an answer in everything, brother. In business, in, in every no is an answer. And no does not mean you are angry. Sure, brother, when a person says no, it doesn't mean they're angry or they are trying to fight you. And no is just an answer. No. Praise be to God. They weakened them. They weakened them. So if you check properly, you see they tried to hinder the work in three ways. Firstly, they wanted to have a false union. Is that right? And secondly, they weakened the hands of the people from building. Is that right? Is that right? And then thirdly, there were accusations that they lodged against these people. But the most dangerous of all was the union. Because remember, the blood of the Israelites was supposed to be pure. Because the lineage was supposed to bring forth a Messiah. Praise the Lord. Now that's Ezra 4 we are talking about. Praise the Lord. So these people actually weakened their hands. At the end of chapter 4 you see, they stopped building. History competes. Some say they stopped for 9 years. Others say they stopped for 15 years. But the work stopped. It stopped because of these men. Now, when you come to chapter 5, if you can give me chapter 5, it now opens up with two prophets. Praise the Lord. Now, Ezra chapter 5 then says, Then the prophets Haggai, then the prophets Haggai the prophet, and Zechariah, the son of Edo, prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel, even unto them. Then rose up Zerubbabel, the son of Sheetel, and Joshua, the son of Josedek, and began to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. And with them were the prophets of God helping them. Now here they were discouraged, brother. Now if you, you see this part of Ezra chapter 5 verse 1, it is the entire book of Zechariah and Haggai. You find it in that portion. That was the period of their prophecy, that verse only. They helped them to build. Period. That was the purpose of their calling. That's why you find Haggai comes and he says, because when they were discouraged, probably these people were saying, no, it's not really time to build the house of the Lord. Yeah, you came out, but don't worry about the house of the Lord. Then Haggai came and he says, you say the time to build the house of the Lord is not now. And yet you are dwelling in sealed houses. And you leave the house of God lying in waste. Because they were discouraged and they left the program of construction and the house of God laid in waste. Now Haggai came to prophesy, say, hey, you people, go back to work. Praise the Lord. Remember why you left Babylon. You left with a motive. You left with an objective. You left with a purpose. We want to build the house of the Lord. 
that was the purpose of your exodus. Why are you slacking your riding now? Why are you getting easy? Because they started building their own houses, buying cars, you know, they relaxed. How ah, we left Babylon. You know, they forgot the project because of this pressure. But Zachariah came and he said, no, rise up again. They were helpers. And by God's grace, they repented and they started working. Amen. So in chapter 5, the program continued. They began building again. Praise the Lord. And in chapter 6, the temple was finished. And it was dedicated. You know, Zachariah speaks about the latter glory. It was that time. Amen. They finished the temple in chapter 6. Is that right? And now chapter 7 comes the return of the second colony now. Praise the Lord. The first was led by Joshua and jo- Joshua and Zerubbabel. Praise the Lord. Now Ezra comes in chapter 7. Now the Bible calls him a ready priest. He's not a prophet. He's coming to teach. Praise the Lord. Now when he comes, praise the Lord. I'm not being offensive. The people who are born in the message, isn't it? You know, people who are born in the message. Like you come, they, you know, they, they, if to, to make it clear, there are people who repented in the hour of William Branham when he was alive as a prophet. Is that right? And he died. And there are people who are coming in when William Branham has died. Is that right? These are two comings, isn't it? Others, yeah. they, come, they came and they saw William Branham. Yeah. They greeted him. They sh- shook his hand. Yeah. You, you yes, sir. But now there are people like us. You yeah. understand? Yeah. We are coming after the prophet is gone. Yeah. So Ezra is coming on the second ride. Yeah. The prophet is dead. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. We, are all, we are only hearing the history of William Branham. Oh, he was there. He did wonders. Oh, there was a time we did all this. Oh, it was wonderful. He came to South Africa. This happened. Wonderful testimonies, brother. You can listen to them and you enjoy. But now when Ezra comes, he's a student of Moses. The Bible calls him a student of Moses. Actually, when you come to chapter 7, it traces his genealogy that he was not a priest by coincidence. He was born in the lineage of the priest. He's not like those men who are in Samaria. If you check the records and genealogy, you can't find their names. Because they are put in there by another man for political reasons. Praise the Lord. No one sends me to be a pastor. Praise the Lord. No one sends them to be ministers. Some positioning you, they go and preach there. You be a pastor there. It's a call from God. Jeremiah, I knew you before you were conceived in your mother's womb. I ordained you a prophet. He ordains pastors. He ordains evangelists from the foundation of the world. If a genuine minister stands, you can trace their genealogy back to the back part of the mind of God. Praise God. It's not in the seminary. It's not in man placing you to say, do this. You know where you come from. That God before the foundation of the world, he knew me. He ordained me. And when I stand here, I'm not standing for a man. I'm not standing for a church. We are not even a denomination to begin with. Praise God. Our pedigree is from Elohim. We were in his mind before time began. We just bypassed our theophanies. And we remember, brother, that no... We are eagles. Praise God. We came from a mountain. 
hidden in a shell. So we could not see the transition. We are born in sin, shaped in iniquity. We can't be the one speaking lies. But we know we are not of this world. William Branham said, I'm not the child of Charles and Ella Branham. William Branham died many years ago. I came from God and I go back to God. That's our credentials, brother. Even when I die, brother, you should read my life. Not from the birth certificate. That's a liar, that one, brother. If you are depending on the birth certificate, demons will take advantage of you. Sure, brother. We don't depend on the birth certificate. Someone said, you was born in 19 what what? You graduated there. You did this. You was what what? And this. Clap your hands. No. You start to say no. You was expressed into time. In 19 so and so. And you lived in Amnesia for so many years. But there was a thunder that thundered his way. And he was quickened. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. And when he was quickened, he came to realization that I'm not of this world. I'm not a black person. Neither am I a white. Praise God. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. Praise God. God wanted to bring me here on earth. He said, my son, you are my image and likeness. You can't come to this world like this. You know, we, we, we've got mechanics, you know. <coughs> How many know mechanics? Excuse me. <coughs> you know, they work with overalls. Amen. But they wear suits as well. So when they go to work, they can go in their suit and tie. You know, and then when they get to work, they remove their suit and, you know, and then they put on a, a work suit. Amen. Now, the work suit is not their clothes. It's the uniform of work so that they can work under the car. But that's not their Even when he goes back home, he leaves the work suit, he takes on his suit, he goes back home. God said, you want to work in my garden? Let me put flesh on you so that you can contact the natural things. Praise God. I'll give you a black face, a black work suit. I'll give you a white work suit. I'll give you a short work suit. This one, yours must be tall. Brother, think of mechanics. Hallelujah. Imagine you come and see five mechanics fighting. Say, my work suit is orange. Yours is blue. Mine is black. Mine is nicer. Say, hey, mechanics. You're all going under the car. You understand? This is the work uniform. It's not even yours to begin with. You've got a wet body. When work is done, you go back to that suit waiting for you. Eternal in the heavens. <laughs> Praise be to God. So I'm not going to be worried, brother, about a work suit. Oh, I'm taller than you. I'm slimmer than you. I'm lighter than you. You know, I'm better. I, I was born in a family richer. You know, work suits. We are all going to die. Praise God. And we'll rot the same way. Brabham says it's less than a dollar, 10 rands. This body is less than 10 rands. If we have to sell your dead body, it's less than 10 rands. 
You can put a million dollar watch, but less than 10 rand. You can put a million dollar suit, but less than 10 rand. You can paint it, but it's less than 10 rand. You can bath it three times a day, but it's less than 10 rand. It's a work suit, brother. Paul says, have no confidence in the flesh. Philippians chapter 3. Flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of God. Sure, brother. This is not the image of God. The image of the beast. Did I say that? I said that. It's the image of the beast. You cause all of them to worship the image Amen. of the beast. Yeah. It's like a baboon, baboon says, the hand of a baboon, yeah. the feet of a... It's just animal life. Yeah. Yeah. 16 elements. Oh, or you're looking at the World Council of Churches saying that is the image of the beast. You have it in your home. Yeah. If you're worshipping this body, you are under the image of the beast. Yeah. The lust of the eye. The lust of the flesh. The pride of life. This is the true Babylon. This is the man of sin. The abomination of desolation. That takes the place of God. This is the one. Not the mosque of Omar. Praise God. This is the one that must be destroyed. Israel is planning to bomb the mosque of Omar. We are also planning, brother, this one. For all these years, it's taking the place of God. What I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, I find myself doing. What's the problem? There's an abomination that causes desolation. Sitting in the holy place. The place of the Holy Ghost. You see what I'm talking about, friends? Praise God. So when we read about your life. That's how it should be at your funeral. We trace you from eternity, we bring you back to eternity. So your, 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 your relatives will tell them, don't worry, he's in a better home, she's in a better home. They've gone where they came from. They were never your children to begin with. Sure, brother. Because when you go there, there's no mama or papa. Or else God becomes the grandpapa. There's brothers and sisters. Your mother will be your sister. Your father will be your brother. God doesn't have grandchildren. He's got sons and daughters. Abraham will be my age. Sarah will be my age. William Branham my age. God bless you. Time is just a program. That's why, brother, we are not creatures of time to begin with. You see my point? You never chose to be born in the family you were born in. Did you choose your gender, your complexion, your race? You see the point? That's why you can't be proud because nobody chose. You see, some people are born in the streets. They never chose. Others are born in the UK. They never chose. What if God exchanges you who despise others eh? and then puts you in the street and you be the beggar? Are you going to blame him? No, because nobody chose, brother. There's a purpose that God wants to accomplish. And you must know, brother, when you speak about consecration, you, something is dawning that you are actually an instrument of God's glory. You sin against God 
and you also sin against yourself. You must say, God, I'm sorry, I've sinned against myself, because I don't belong to myself. <laughs> Praise God. It's God's plan, it's God's purpose, it's God's achievement. Never chose to be what I am. Because providence. We must fear God and trust him because of that. So Ezra could trace his genealogy that he came in the priestly line, but not the Samaritans. Now what did he come to do now? Now this is where the issue is. Brother Branham now in chapter 9 of Ezra, he comes and then he preaches blushing prophet. Is that right? That's where he took this scripture. Now, okay, now when, when he did that, I want you to see something. Ezra as a student of Malachi 4. He was not alive when the prophet came. But he studied the prophet. He could compare the lifestyle. <coughs> Excuse me. And then he could see that there is problem. Because when he came, there was intermarriage. How many remember that? The blushing prophet. Amen. Sure, brother. And when, when it was like that, it was a very bad situation. That's why brother calls you know, the prophet blushed. It was not a good look. But now, what I want you to see is the same people that denied contamination and hybridization in chapter 4 are the very same people that are found in the same condition. Yeah. Those that once said no to that, we, we will not touch this. We will not do this. You know, time sometimes. You know, sometimes people feel like time, you know, you're mature just because you, you don't mature because of time as a believer. Yes, as a human being, the flesh will mature because of time. But as a believer, it's prayer. It's reading the word. It's staying in the atmosphere. You don't say, I'm 10 years in the message, so I'm older. Problem says, an elder does not mean age. Experience, long standing in truth. That's what qualifies a man to be an elder. Praise God. So this man, because of time, they forgot that they once resisted these Samaritans. But now they were married to these people. They were living like them, giving their children to those people. The same thing that made God angry in Genesis 6. The sons of God saw the the daughters of man, took wives unto them. Now they were repeating the same thing. You know, my, my, my main concern is, I want you to see, it is the same people. When you left Babylon, what was your objective? Let's talk about the zeal that you had. The kind of consecration. How you used to pray in the morning. How you used to fast and read the Bible. How the family altar could not be missed in the home. You know what I'm talking about. How you'd pray hours for your children. How you'd sit down with them when they come back from school. And cast those demons that they got during the day. Say, my child, I want you to grow up in the admonition of the Lord. I'm talking about the time you left Babylon, brother. You were determined. You had an objective. But what about now? Do we have the same consecration as believers? Do we have the same determination as sons and daughters of God? Or we have departed from the faith. We have fallen into the darkness. That's why he had to blush. I'm going to be closing now. But I want to drive a point. The purpose of our exodus is very important, brother. You know, 
Sadis, Brabram says it means escaped ones. You, you understand that? They escaped the Babylonian system. That's in the church ages. Is that right? No, maybe let's read this quote. Amen. Let's read this quote. Praise be to God. How many love the Lord? How many still love me? Praise the Lord. I love you too. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, Sardis in church age. Brabranam says, Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. That's the scripture. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. Now, the ideas expressed the ideas expressed in the two words watchful and strengthen are these problem is trying to tell us the ideas that are being expressed in these two words be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die to watch amen contains not only the idea of being awake but to be alert. You're not supposed to be awake, but to be alert. To be otherwise insinuates danger and loss. Is that right? You see Joshua. You see Zerubbabel. They were not just awake, but they were alert. When these men came, they were attentive to details, scriptures, before they embraced, they had a thinking man's future. They were not just awake, they were alert. No, you have no part. Praise the Lord. To strengthen means more than just to give strength. It means to fix and establish for permanency. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. These two commands refer to what is left of the truth, which itself is ready or about to die. This expression of the spirit comes before me as an illustration. A group of slaves in total bondage, physical and moral, have risen up and escaped from the, their captors. Indeed, that is what Satis means, the escaped ones. Amen? Nehemiah refers to the same word, escaped ones. Is that right? They are pursued They are pursued and their great and glorious gains are all but lost. They have not been retaken, but about all that can be said is that they have escaped. Not clean escape as some were according to the word. They had lost much of their liberties. Now the Lord says you are potentially back in captivity. See that you don't go back. You're out, but see that you don't go back. To keep from going back, becoming alert and remain ever watchful concerning the things of your captivity or you will lose all. Strengthen yourself now in what you have left in such a manner as to permanently establish what you have and thus ensure against future loss. This will be your opportunity to fulfill what you have not fulfilled. 
But did they go on? No, sir. They did not heed the voice of the Spirit. And another angel went into captivity. And so God raised up others who could carry out his will. God bypassed the Lutheran denomination as he has all others. And they will never come back. God had to go on. And in a new age, bring further truth and a little more restoration. You see what's happening here? Time. We have escaped. <laughs> We're in different denominations, different types of lifestyles. We escaped. We came out of the fantasy of the world. We had a purpose. We had an objective. But we need to be watchful. We need to be alert. We need to permanently establish our stand. Making our calling and election sure. <coughs> Excuse me. Making our callings and election sure. Praise be to God. Each and every day, our walk, we're always looking into the mirror like the women of today. Amen. They walk with mirrors, you know. Everywhere. In the car, she looks at herself. She drops up, she looks at herself. Before she gets into in the bathroom, looks at herself. Many times, brother, she's just looking at herself. It's the nature of a woman. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't fight them when they do that. Amen. It's, it's the nature. Even the bride of Christ, brother, she must walk with the mirror everywhere. When you, go, you open, you look at yourself. Am I, okay, something wrong here? And then you wipe. It, when you just got, get into the car, you look again in the mirror. When you arrive, to, you're looking. You see, that's the nature of a true woman. You always want to make sure you look good. You are in line with the word of God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Making your calling and election sure. That is what God is expecting in this hour. The purpose of our exodus. This is Revelation 18. Is that right? Come out of here, my people. The voice of Malachi 4. Coming out. Praise God. Revelation 19. Where are we going to? Marriage of the Lamb. Is that right? Praise be to God. 20. What is it? The first resurrection. 21. We, are, we see New Jerusalem. Is that right? No. We, we are... We must come to a place of recognizing that when we are called out of the world, we must be built into the stature of a perfect man. Know ye not, you are the temple of the living God. Malachi chapter 3 says, I'll send my messenger before you, and the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly appear in his temple. So without a temple, God will not come. So even in your life, don't expect the Holy Ghost to come. You must build him a residence. A place. I came out. I made a temple. Come and indwell me. What is consecration, friends? As the musicians are coming. What is consecration? Praise the Lord. You are building yourself into becoming a residence of the Most High God. And as this conference is starting, as we are kicking it like this, Maybe at the end, by God's grace, we must have been restored back to our objective. The things that we once rejected when we came into the message. The things that we demonized. I'm not talking about mature. I'm talking about people that justify their sin. <laughs> and call it maturity. No, we're not mature then. Now we are mature. Sin is not maturity, brother. You must depart from the things that are wrong. 
praise God. If it was wrong in the first place, ask yourself, why is it right today? Praise God. Because if you're not careful, an Ezra will come your way. Praise God. And blush. Say, remember your former estate from where thou art fallen. The church must come back to consecration. Opening their lives to God. And allowing the Holy Ghost to have his way. Especially now. In the time of the Passover. May the Lord bless you. God bless you, Pastor.
I need to prepare a temple that can be the habitation of the Holy Ghost. I want to invite you this afternoon to make an altar on your heart. Where you're standing, you're saying, Lord, you have spoken to me. If you're saying, Lord, I I know I've, I've I've not done the way that you have wanted me. You feel like I need a reconsecration. You can signal by raising your hand to him. The prophet says you can touch him because he's a high priest that can be touched by the feelings of your infirmity. If you're standing there, you're saying, Lord, I've wandered too far away from you, but I'm coming home. I'm, 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 I'm repenting of my sins. I'm re- repenting of my ways. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm coming back. Father, I'm, I'm moving out of this Babylon to a land that is show me. The land of the word, the land of the Holy Ghost. Father, I'm, I'm, I'm trekking back the old paths. He is here this afternoon. Precious Lord, Heavenly Father, I come before your throne of grace. Lord Jesus, you told us through your prophet that no mortal can ever get into the presence of God and find time to condemn the other. Father, for we look into the mirror of the word. And this afternoon we see our shortcomings. Father, we see that we have not walked the way we ought to. We have not spoken the way we ought to. 
we have not carried ourselves the way we ought to. Maybe, Lord, we have worshipped the God of this flesh. Dear Father, we have looked at things according to the perspective of man. And Father, long have we left the way of God. And I pray the prayer of a blushing pastor this afternoon in the name of Jesus Christ. Dear Father, we turn from all our evil ways. We turn from all our evil associations because we have realized our association, oh God, has got us entangled and left the beaten path. Father, that came by the prophet of Malachi 4. We turn back to God this afternoon and we say, Lord, we are thankful for there is a way that you have provided, which is a way of escape. Father, we know that it's still wet on the cross of Calvary. We know that you are still pardoning sins. We know that you are still calling. We know that you are still restoring. And Father, we are saying, oh God, may you restore us back to the ways, to the prayer life, oh God, to the fellowship unto which you have sent a prophet. Father, may we be taken back to the same preeminence, oh God, that you want to have over your church. Father, where we can say the spirit and the bride are now speaking the same thing. Dear God, I am praying, dear Father, rapture us out of this flesh. Rapture us out of mindsets. Rapture us out of humanistic behavior. Rapture us, oh God, out of the teachings of man until we see Christ formed in our bodies. Until Christ formed is, in, is formed in our lives, in our homes, at our school, oh God, in our workplaces, in our churches, in our ministries, Father, in our marriages, in everything, dear God, we would see Jesus. We want to see the same power, dear God, that you want to demonstrate in this end time through the bride of Jesus Christ. I pray, dear Father, here is your people. Hands are raised. Thou knowest the request that is upon every altar. Thou knowest the need that is upon every altar. Oh God, and I pray the prayer of grace upon your children. I pray, dear God, that you, you should have mercy on them. You should be gracious to them and bring them back, oh God, Lord Jesus Christ, to a place where they can have a sacrifice that pleases you. I pray this afternoon, dear God, as we go out of this place, may we not go back the same people. May we not go back the same sinners. But may we know that we have been made whole. Lord Jesus Christ, we have been made victorious. And we realize and recognize the message of our day. And that recognition, oh God, is what's going to bring our perfection. I pray that you restore virtue unto the preacher. Father, may you bless him the more magnify his ministry dear god may you give him more for us even for this convention i pray that you restore god even his strength and his voice oh god i pray that you touch him of this ailment oh god and take it away from him that oh god we may benefit from this gift that you have surely given unto us as the bride we pray as we commit all things even the service that we're going to have in the afternoon in jesus mighty name Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. Second service, brother. Pastor Lawrence Matasa would rest. He will carry on tomorrow. Uh, 
second service brother, Ovet Dioka from GRC, will take over. I think we are now flying 36,000 feet above ground. Amen. Our plane has taken off. Whereas you have lunch, just meditate on what was spoken and commit the uh, next speaker to the Lord. The speakers must never be nervous. What is going to be preached is the product of our prayers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If they don't do well, that means we have not done well on our knees. If we have done well on our knees, they do well. We take full responsibility. We'll be back here at 4 o'clock. That is when we will begin with the quiet time. And then 4.30, the song leader will commence. Let's preserve time. This morning we had a quite a late start. Uh, it's understandable because of some logistics. But now that we are here, let's be uh, quite punctual. The earlier we are back, the earlier we are able to leave so that those that would want to catch transport to go back to their respective homes, they are able to do so within reasonable time. Shall we keep time? Just say to your neighbor, see you on time. Amen. Uh, And if your neighbor was a good neighbor, if your neighbor was a good neighbor, you can say to your neighbor, sit next to me again. But if he was not a good neighbor, look for another neighbor. Amen. I was sitting next to uh, Pastor uh, uh, Tinashima Here there, uh, and Pastor Dioka were recharging one another. Then I said, ah, I'm in good company. I'm in an amen corner. If they were not saying amen, you were not going to see me next service day. Amen. I need somebody that can recharge me. I said, that's right. And when I look at them, they say, it's right. We are together. Amen. So it's been wonderful. I'm not going to take much time. I think we can just say, I think after what we've heard, we can just live in a worshiping mode and say, I have a father. How many agree that we are not orphans? We are not fatherless. We have a father who knows the number of hair on our head. Amen. Let's let's just worship him. And thereafter, you are dismissed. Four o'clock, we are back. I have a maker. How many agree with the song? My life was in his hands. I believe that hundred percent. He formed my heart. Life. 
forget to announce some of our housekeeping rules. You are not allowed to eat on site unless you have ordered on site. Are we together? So that means if you eat here, you would have ordered from their restaurant. But if you have not ordered there, you are not allowed to consume on site. And then in the same vein, just across the street on the churchyard, there is Brother Nelson and there's Brother Nelson's special. He's got very good food and refreshments, well cooked. If you need something to eat, go there. You'll get it at a very godly price. God bless you richly. I have a father. 